Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in. Hello, hello. Testing, testing. Can you hear me? Hey, Oleg. Yes, we can hear you. Fantastic. Gonna give it about a. No worries. Gonna give it about a, a minute or two to let people pull in. Let me go ahead and um, add Lady of Crypto as well as a speaker here. Testing, testing, can you hear me? Yes, can hear you perfectly. Thank you so much both for joining us today. Uh, like I said, I'll give it one more minute for people to join. Uh, I'm not sure why, but the uh, the music isn't doesn't seem to be working. So <laughs> be a little bit of silence, like 30 more seconds. And then once more people join, I'll go ahead and kick things off. We can hum. Oleg, if you want to hum, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, looks like we, uh, we're we starting to really get an audience here, so I'll go ahead and kick things off. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. Thank you all so much for being here today uh, and taking the time out of your day to join this, uh, what should be an amazing discussion between two amazing leaders in the space today, uh, which I think I speak for everybody here when I say I uh, really appreciate you both taking the time to hop on today uh, and have this discussion on the near Twitter. Um I am Marcus. Uh, I am under the community team at Near Foundation. I lead ecosystem relations, uh, and we will we we're, we're poised to have an awesome uh, Twitter Spaces today. We have two great leaders here. We have Lady of Crypto, uh, and then we have Oleg, founder of Sweat Economy, um, where they're going to dive into a discussion around all things Sweat Economy, unpack the platform, exciting updates uh, coming out and in the pipeline, and recent announcements, uh, and also diving into you know, the, the hurdles and kind of what it takes to build a successful platform project in the Web3 space. Um, so I would love to kick things off by uh, by getting an introduction from both of you, um, you know, on maybe a little bit about your background, what got you into Web3 initially and what interests you about it. Uh, and then uh, we'll go ahead and dive right into the discussion. So, Lady, I'll kick it off to you for now. 
Awesome. Thanks, Marcus. And thank you for having me. Um, so a quick intro from me then. Um, so I'm a crypto social media influencer, content creator, investor, and of course, part-time degen. Um, I tend to focus on fundamental analysis um, with, of course, the occasional dad joke thrown in. So if you want a cheap laugh, you know, head over to my Twitter um, and if you're interested and you want to find out more about, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, you can check it all out on my link tree. There's a YouTube discord and all that kind of lovely stuff. Um, I got into the space, what feels like forever ago. I feel like it's a different time zone um, in crypto. And I kind of progressed really um, from dabbling in stocks, got into crypto, learned all about it and just fell in love with it and became hooked and the rest is history really so yeah um really really happy to be here and looking forward to chatting more about sweat economy pleasure meeting you in voice lady of crypto and thank you very much marcus for a wonderful introduction um i'm oleg uh, as marcus said i'm uh, one of the co-founders of uh, originally sweat queen and now rapidly uh, becoming sweat economy with the launch of our token and sweat wallet in September last year. Uh, our mission has always been to make the world more physically active. And even in 2014, when we started the business, as Sweatcoin name suggests, we wanted to be on blockchain and we wanted to be in crypto. Uh, it wasn't called Web3 back then, but, you know, he would say that, you know, we were definitely thinking of Web3 um, all the way in 2014 when the only blockchain in existence was Bitcoin. So fast forward to 2021, we looked at dozen, uh, more than a dozen different layer ones, and we've chosen near, and we continue to be extremely happy with the relationship, first of all, because you guys helped us to pull off the biggest token generation event in history with more than 10 million token holders uh, getting their token allocations within the period of 36 hours. This has never been done before on any chain and everyone was nervous. You know, I can tell you we were at NearCon with Ilya and, you know, <laughs> he was checking with his team how things were going on. I was checking with my team and everyone was just biting nails, but it all worked. And it's been going from strengths to strengths um, ever since. Um, Lady of Crypto, I've been an avid follower. Um, you know, um, I wouldn't call your dad jokes dad jokes. Um, you know, I think that, you know, some jokes that I do, definitely dad jokes. And, you know, seem to have quite a lot of years over you. But, uh, you know, can you build an amazing community? And, uh, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you over here. Thank you very much, Oleg. Um, I mean, I'm I'm ready to get stuck into this, guys. Are we ready? Shall we uh, Shall we start off then by getting stuck into sweat economy? What you've been up to? Um, so, I want to know initially what where did the inspiration for this project come from? Because there's that you guys have got kind of so much going on. Where did it start? Let's go right back to the beginning. Ooh. Oh my God, uh, it, it started many, many years ago. 
Now, I think that the relevant first thing to mention is I've heard of Bitcoin in 2011. And a friend of mine um, who is sort of math and dev whiz mentioned it to me. And I actually went and started reading about it and was like, wow, this is, this is absolutely incredible tech. Um, <laughs> you know, as I mentioned, I did focus on tech. I was stupid enough not to buy a few thousand of uh, Bitcoins back then because they were uh, 20 cents, I think, uh, back in those days. But I didn't. But I really, really got excited about blockchain. And ever since, I was thinking, okay, you know, kind of what can I do? How can I uh, sort of ride on this technology? Because it's been incredibly fascinating. Uh, I think the angle that I especially like is, you know, kind of being in tech for a long while, most technology always has to cover every single use case. Like, you know, kind of, you, you know, you need to deal with all the edge cases and make sure that, you know, kind of uh, everything is working all the time. Here you have a technology that basically says, oh, I'm just going to fail if more than 50% of nodes are, you know, kind of not doing the right thing. And it's pretty incredible because basically you're creating a tech, you're creating a platform that is psychology and tech married. And all of a sudden people's, you know, kind of influence and people's decisions are having huge impact on the way this tech is running and on the trust you can put in this tech, which is, you know, kind of fascinating. I think that, you know, there was no technology like that created before. So fast forward to 2014, when we started thinking about uh, Sweatcoin, um, the mission, as I mentioned, was to make the world more physically active. And it was a personal problem. I went for a run in Richmond Park. Um, I was living right next to it. And... Uh, to clear my head, and uh, I couldn't even complete 5K. A few years before, um, I was climbing some of the highest mountains in the world. Literally within three years, I lost all my fitness. And, you know, that was incredibly frustrating and puzzling, you know, kind of if I, you know, who was extremely fit and, you know, I consider myself quite driven and motivated, have lost all my fitness within three years, how does it work for everybody else? And, you know, kind of I started talking to more people and with my co-founders, we figured out that the answer, the reason why we're not as active as we want to be is simple because nature does not want you to be active. Nature wants you to survive. And that means preserving calories rather than spending them. So, you know, kind of they, you know, nature build us to basically sit around and only spend calories if you have to get some food or you have to run away not to become food. Otherwise, we don't move. And once we got that insight, we realized that actually tech can play an important role because the way to solve this problem is by giving you instant gratification for your physical activity. And ta-da, the lamp went off. We called it Sweatcoin. We spent a lot of time trying to build it on blockchain. We couldn't. We went centralized and uh, the rest is history. We now have you know, more than 140 million users worldwide and more than 10 million token holders on near. And most importantly, people who engage with us are 20% more active. So we actually do change people's lives. We make people take more than 1,000 steps per day more after installing our app than they used to before. That was really, really useful to hear. Thank you. I mean, 
I think it's it's great to hear that this project originated from feelings and, and things you were experiencing personally. So you, you mentioned about, you know, you were climbing like ridiculously high mountains and, and your fitness seemed to kind of uh, almost like just just disappear. Withered away. Yeah, and I completely get that. I've just been to America for nearly three three weeks and I feel like I'm I'm rolling around. I feel like a human ball at the moment. So even after three weeks, I, I could do with getting a few more steps in. Um, but we can help. <laughs> Good. I'm I'm pleased. I really need it. Um, but I mean, this project and the idea really appeals to me because my, you know, my my life is very much centered around crypto of course but i also prioritize health and fitness as well and i think trying to make the world more active and trying to make it what's the word kind of easily accessible for people um not everybody wants to go to the gym and and do hit and lift heavy all that kind of stuff how come how can you make it easy and appealing to people and you know most of the population not all but most have the ability to to walk so you know, it makes sense if we, you know, if you make it easy for people and people can make health a priority, that's great. There's what, you know, there's nothing negative to being more active, is there, at the end of the day? Oh, no. In fact, it's incredibly valuable. You know, physical activity has clear, tangible value. I mean, in olden days, you know, nature gave us legs so that we could move because there was a transport utility. So that helped us to move bodies from point A to point B rather than being trees. But right now there is a heck of a lot more to physical activity than just, um, you know, utility, transportation utility. The, the health and fitness aspect is overwhelming, you know, kind of value. Because as you mentioned, uh, taking steps and walking is the most basic physical activity that everyone does on a daily basis and making people take more steps, making them walk 20, 30 minutes per day more is incredibly valuable, uh, valuable to them because they're fitter, healthier. You typically walk outside, which means that rather than sort of having ceiling over your head, you're probably going to have a lot more sky above you, which is incredibly important and positive impact on your mental health as well. It's also good for your family. I mean, I don't think that I've ever met anybody, you know, who would say, I would rather have my husband or my wife or my kids, you know, less active. I want them to sit in front of TV playing computer games. Everyone is keen to, you know, make their loved ones active because they also know that it's going to make them, you know, kind of more productive. It's going to make them more energetic, more positive. And very importantly, it will make them live longer. And that's where, you know, kind of benefits to healthcare system come in. You know, Lady of Crypto, I hear your accent and, you know, I suspect that, you know, you're in the UK. You know, National Health Service already has contract with us and NHS pays us to make their patients more physically active. Because if you're diagnosed with diabetes syndrome, it is extremely important for you to become more physically active, to change your lifestyle. And previous campaigns or previous, um, uh, they call so prescriptions and uh, indications were only having 26% of people adhering to them. With our involvement, the adherence to these programs is exceeding 
So, you know, can, we can definitely make, you know, huge impact on health. And if you start going further, you know, insurers and ultimately governments, because if everyone is more physically active, you're going to live longer. You know, frankly, you're going to generate more taxes for your state. So, you know, can, it's, you know, the country benefits. So there is huge amount of value in physical activity. And in the last eight years, we have figured out how to monetize this because we've been profitable for a number of years. When we started this business and we were saying, oh, we'll pay people to walk, a lot of VCs would turn around and go, oh, this is a charity, but, you know, that's a dumb idea. So when we became profitable, you know, people were starting to raise their eyebrows. So actually having societal impact and doing what we're doing is a very, very good and healthy business. And it is even healthier with our arrival to Web3, where a lot of revenue streams are sort of ex existing that we could not tap into in Web2. You know, transaction fees, NFTs, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm sure that we'll get into it shortly. Yes, we will. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, aren't we? We're getting overexcited. Um, so... My next question for you, then, I just want to ask you about the the different features of sweat economy. So what what are the kind of innovative elements and what do you think differentiates sweat economy from other similar projects in the space? Fantastic question. Um, I think everyone typically asks me, oh, so how different are you from step N and from other move to earn? I think, you know, kind of an answer would be because we started very early. Um, you know, some people say that we were an original move to earn before it was called move to earn because we started in 2014. We launched in 2016. And the reason why we're not called move to earn is because we were not on blockchain because there was just no blockchain fast enough to support us. And the features that are different is because we did not build a Ponzi scheme where you needed to buy an NFT in order to participate and purchase of NFT was allowing you to earn. In this mechanic where project's main revenue is sales of NFTs under a, an expectation that you will earn more than you pay for an NFT, but this revenue from NFTs is the only revenue available to the project, it is becoming a Ponzi scheme. Because where would the money to pay me more than I paid come from? From the next purchase of NFT. And that is the definition of Ponzi, where the next user pays for me. And we knew this from the very beginning. Our business model and our approach is completely different. You don't pay. As a user, you join for absolutely free. We monetize users through other channels. We are monetizing them through partnerships. We are monetizing our user base through advertising. Yes, we do have freemium model, but it is not the only and not the most significant revenue stream for us. And because we can generate significant revenue out of it, you know, spending that revenue on the community and on the economy is making it into a valuable long-term business. So to 
you know, to come back to your original question first, it is sustainable business so that we are not building the uh, Ponzi. And the second, I think, is that we are really, really focusing not on token, not on economics, not on really funky loops and value something that, you know, is extremely confusing and is very, very difficult for anyone to understand. But we're focusing on extremely simple UX that we spend years, you know, perfecting. And this is kind of one, one of the main strengths of us as a business. We build incredibly good mobile applications that are easy to understand. And the second thing, and the second problem that we solve for our users, we are allowing you to walk, literally walk into crypto without you having to part with money. You can double and you can earn your first tokens. You can look around, you understand how Web3 works, and then you can pull out your card and then you can go deeper and obtain other tokens. So we are literally the biggest on-ramp in Web3 history. So we're making the world more physically active and we're giving you crypto education and an opportunity to, to learn the tricks of trade understand how to send and receive tokens, understand how to trade tokens, understand how to stake your tokens. Soon you're going to be able to, you know, kind of get your NFTs that are dynamic NFTs and play the game and increase value of your NFT through your activities. Um, and, you know, all of this, you can start engaging without parting with a single cent. So, yeah, I think that this is a very, very powerful proposition. And if you look in DAP Radar, we're typically in the top 10 of any DAPs on any chains. So this is a testament to, you know, kind of uh, attractiveness of our proposition and loyalty of our user base. That sounds great. I mean, you know, from that as a whole, kind of key points that I'm getting is you're making it accessible, you're removing barriers for users, you're making it sustainable through different revenue streams, and you're still prioritizing the users, you're prioritizing how to get people active. And yeah, I, you know, it's it's something that, that definitely resonates with me, I'm all for it. And it sounds like you guys have got a really good thing in place. I want to move on now. Thank to you. <laughs> I want to move on now to, to ask you, so why Nia? Why did you guys decide to build on Nia? You know, a I'm going to fire a few questions at you here because I feel like they all kind of interlink. So first of all, why Nia and how are you leveraging Nia's tech? And I also want to know what originally attracted you to this blockchain over all of the others. Mm, I think I'm going to have to, you know, sort of, tell several anecdotes <laughs> uh, you know kind of on the journey so as i mentioned when we started in 2014 and we called ourselves sweatcoin we did really want to be on blockchain but we spent some time looking into forking bitcoin and we realized that it would be just way too expensive and way too complicated and long and we decided that, you know what, we're going to go centralized because we felt that if we focus on the right user experience and if this proposition flies, then we will be able to move on to blockchain reasonably quickly. 
little did we know that you know, kind of the proposition would be so successful that we would get to more than 100 million users by 2021, when finally we started seeing technologies fast enough and robust enough appearing in blockchain. So we looked at Solana, you know, there was Algorand, of course, BNB and Polygon and, you know, Polkadot and, you know, kind of all of these projects, you know, like in London, they say buses are either not coming or coming in threes. That's exactly what happened with layer ones. You know, there was nothing. And then all of a sudden there was just a flood of technologies <laughs> that were robust enough. And we made a decision that we would do very, very thorough market analysis and we will look at all these chains, you know, sort of before making a move. And I don't know, uh, lady, if you have a lot of experience of talking to different chains, but they all have different narratives. They all put accent on sort of very different things. And if you try to, com you know, kind of combine it in some sort of a framework, it's absolutely impossible. You can't even compare um, chains on the transaction throughput because Solana defines transaction as any message and you know, most other chains would be defining transaction as a actual token transfer from one address to another. So even on the basic level, it's extremely difficult to compare things. So then we had to take a step back and we kind of went back to the drawing board and to our mission and we sat down and we thought, okay, what are going to be our selection criteria? How are we going to evaluate different chains? And the answer was that there are three things that matter to us and in this order of priority. The first one is alignment on strategy. And specifically the you know kind of the, the focus here that matters is is the chain focusing on whales? Is the chain focusing on big players? Uh, so few users, huge balances. Because if you actually start looking at chains, you realize that majority of them are doing that. You know, kind of Ethereum and most EVM chains are prioritizing always, you know, kind of higher value, big users over smaller users. Frankly, small users with small balances can't even use Ethereum because if you have to pay like eight to forty dollars for transaction, you know, to be honest, that's more than balances of many of our users, especially if you're starting to look at users in Africa. So, you know, kind of Ethereum is out just because of this. The other factor was the team and chemistry and ability to work with the team and the level of, I don't know, sort of enjoyment and alignment that we experience with them. And here, you know, I'll tell an anecdote. I run into Ilya Palasuchin, uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Nia Protocol in Lisbon, and I was, you know, a few hours before, I was in the vent of another layer one, and there was a lot of crypto broing going on. You know, kind of, there was a lot of, I don't know, sort of gold. There was a lot of, you know, kind of bro, bro, bro. And, you know, kind of all of a sudden when I met Ilya, I met an incredibly intelligent developer who bridges from development into, you know, sort of business world and can have conversation on the protocol level and on the code level, as well as business development level. And it was absolutely refreshing. And the whole team of NIR is absolutely, 
such incredibly good people who we share values with because they are less focused on hype and empty promises and chilling and, you know, kind of to the moon claims and all of that malarkey. But they're building and they're delivering an incredibly, you know, kind of good and solid technology. As I mentioned, you know, near delivered our TG, which was 10 times bigger than any other TG that ever happened before. It's an incredible testament to how robust, fast, and, you know, kind of um, production ready the technology is. I'm not going to name another chain that is commanding, you know, kind of a lot of users. They still call it beta because it is periodically going down. It has never happened with near. So strategy, team, and technology. These are the reasons why we've chosen near. And I have to say that seven months later, after our launch, you know, kind of, I'm as happy about the decision, if not happier, than I was back then which I know is quite a different experience from a lot of other projects that I'm talking to, um, you know, who build on various different chains. So that's the first part of the question, why near? And the second part of the, uh, and the second part of the question, what was it? Could you remind me? Sorry, I got uh, carried away on these three points. No, no, no problem. So how are you guys leveraging this tech? Oh, yes. Fantastic question. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to talk about absolutely everything that was rolled out, but I'm really, really excited about the most recent thing that Near Team has developed on sort of our request, but I think is going to be incredibly valuable to any DAP building on Near. We call it One Click Connect, and I'll sort of describe it as a juxtaposition. The real problem right now is if you are a user, for example, of a DAP on Ethereum and you go and you open another DAP, the experience that you go through is connect What's wallet. That, like? And then you go into that wallet and, uh, uh, sorry, you click on that and then you need to go it into the previous like seat space or find, if you'd like, just I'm one second, on I have for some reason some, something talking here. What is it? You've got to look at Alexa, right? She oh, wants to go. <laughs> AI has taken over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't know why I woke up out of the blue. So, um, yes, one, uh, one click connect. Um, it's, you know, the experience that you go through, connect wallet, go and retrieve your um, seed phrase, plug it in, and four or five clicks later, you are logged into the other DAP, right? What is extremely interesting is that on Near, we have right now the experience where in our app, you click on the button and the DAP opens and you and your wallet are already connected with it. And you can, you know, kind of, that, that, you know that's it. There is no need to see, look for your seed phrase. There is no kind of security issues and that's why we call it one click connect. Uh, the, the guys have, you know, really been absolutely astonishingly good at understanding our requirements, then going and figure out which part of the code base can execute it. And it is already in production. And our team is working on integrating it into learn and earn so that we can 
introduce other dApps, and then at the end you just click a button, and you go, and you can you know do a you know an action that is immediately going to introduce value to you. I'm really really excited because one click connect does not exist in any other chain and in any other environment. The best that you can get is go through Wallet Connect, which is still going to be a couple of clicks more. So, you know, kind of, this is just one of the examples that, uh, uh, that we have. Another one that we are really looking forward to is Fast Off, that is going to further streamline our already one of the best in, uh, in the crypto world onboardings, um, where you don't have to mess with the seed phrase that you can use every, you know, do everything through your email with fast auth that is currently in development. We're going to be able to remove few steps more and increase your security. So, you know, I have to say that if you're a developer and if you're thinking of building a DAP and you want to do it for mass audience, you know, near is by far the best uh, platform for you to be building on. Thank you for sharing that. A couple of things there, really, that I, I just want to follow up with. So first of all, um, it was really interesting to hear your kind of experience and opinion of the near team. I met a large chunk of these guys at Consensus uh, over in Texas a few weeks ago. And I can honestly say they are just and not because I'm on a on a near <laughs> on a near spaces. They are a fantastic group of people. And the level of knowledge that these guys have is is absolutely incredible so it was really nice to hear that that you've had that experience as well it's it's across the board every single person that I met was absolutely fantastic so a little bit of a you know a, a thank you there to the near guys um and secondly the one click connect sounds incredibly interesting so you're reducing the clicks you're increasing the efficiency and you're making things user friendly which is great you mentioned the learn to earn side of things, and I just want to ask you a bit of a follow up about that, really. So is that going to be centered around health, you know, making people active? Is it, is it going to kind of have the same narrative as the project as a whole? Um, it's a good question. You know what? We haven't started there because um, teaching people basics of walking probably is going to be a bit too... Um, hmm, how the arrogant, I suppose, is the right word. Uh, at the moment, our learn and earn is focused on sweat wallet users, and it is focused on introducing the basics of crypto. What are the tokens? You know, kind of how does blockchain work? You know, how to send, how to receive. So basically, explaining to you and giving you introduction to you know, the, how to start using wallet and how to start using blockchain. However, you know, kind of your question triggered in my mind that, you know, we can probably do more and really think how we can connect the physical activity and crypto, because as we talked before, you know, with physical activity having tangible value, actually funny thing, you know, you can go and ask ChatGPT, does physical activity have tangible value? You know, you'll, you'll learn very, very interesting things. When I did that, I kind of went, wow, okay, <laughs> you know, the oracle has spoken. We're closing this question down, you know, done. Uh, 
making the link between physical activity and token, uh, which effectively tokenizes it, you know, because the way our tokenomics work, we take your steps, we verify them, and if we can confirm that they're genuine, so you sweated over it, then you are allowed to mint the token. And this minting difficulty or step value of sweat is constantly increasing. This is like halving of Bitcoin, but that happens every four years. Here, the minting difficulty or marginal cost of production, each next sweat is higher. And because physical activity has non-zero value, you know, you can conclude what, you know, kind of what is happening with the kind of with token um, over time. And talking about AI and, you know, kind of just to double down on what you were saying about the team, did you know that the original paper that kicked off the AI development uh, is called You Only, no, All You Need Is Attention? And it introduced what's called transformers to the world. And it is transformers that became that revolutionary piece that, you know, kind of allowed OpenAI to develop GPT, and now it's GPT-4, ChatGPT, etc. All the AI LLMs are developed using transformers. Ilya Palasuhin, the co-founder of NIR, is a co-author of that paper. I only learned this extremely recently. He's pretty shy and you know, kind of not, not, not really publicizing it, but I think community needs to know that you know, kind of this is the sort of level of uh, the team that is building this product and is shipping this product day in and out. I had the breakfast with Ilya yesterday and we were discussing BOSS. And you know, of course, this is a sort of big thing and a big narrative for the near ecosystem. And all the bits that I mentioned, like one-click connect, like um, you know, fast auth, are all the bits and pieces that are sitting in the overall boss stack. So I just picked up things out of it because they're tangible, they're clear. I can describe what they do and what the user benefit is. But actually, if you want to learn a bigger picture, go and see some of Ilya's talks on what boss is, what bits it includes, because there is a lot more that is already in place and certainly going to be coming online over the next year. Interesting stuff. And no, I did not know that, but it is interesting to know. I'm going to check that out. Um, so with regards to the learn to earn stuff, I think it's great because you're introducing the crypto basics to people and, you know, that's inevitably going to help with adoption, which me personally, I'm all for. I think most people in crypto are for. So, you know, all around positives there. Um, it's, it's absolutely spot on because the growth of this Web3 world is not going to come from us getting more whales. You know, kind of like, where are we going to take them from? Because if they, if, if, if they exist, they're already there. The growth is going to come from us getting tens of millions, hundreds of millions of new users with lower balances. And unless we start developing products for them, it is going to be very hard for them to engage with Ethereum with transaction prices as high as they are. Just to finish off on learn and earn, I do want to make a shameless plug because we have right now an incredibly good lesson on the role of stables. No, actually, it explains what stables are. 
the different types of stables and you know it effectively announces arrival of tether usdt onto near that has just recently been launched and is now native not bridged so you you know you basically can get you know tether uh, if you buy some tethers uh, from the original company, you can take them immediately to near. So, you know, go and do it. And if you answer all the questions correctly, you're going to have one USDT that you can just go and spend to your heart's content. There you go, guys. You can learn something and get rewarded for doing it. Um, I just want to move on now to ask you for a little bit more information, you mentioned about the token. Um, I just want to delve a little bit deeper and ask you a bit more about the utility behind the token and how does it provide value to users? And, you know, tell me about how it works in your ecosystem. What does it do? What is it for? Brilliant question. Um, as I mentioned, because of our mission to make the world more physically active, our core piece of tokenomics is that sweat is tokenized your physical activity and each next sweat takes more steps to mint than the previous one so the step value of sweat is constantly increasing in real time and because as we've discussed physical activity has tangible non-zero value at some point this aspect, the tokenized physical activity, is going to be the main component of an answer to a question, why does sweat have value? Now, while we are doing this and while we're getting there and while we're building this you know, kind of value of physical activity into sweat, we are doing, you know, how I would describe this. I think this is called bootstrapping or Basically, we're viewing sweat as a startup. And what happens with a startup? First, you invest into it, and then you start getting return. So how do we invest into sweat? We are building two big things. One is control of supply. And those that already know about us and have been following us would know that we have been tightening minting difficulty to control and reduce supply to the market. We are introducing next week the functionality that is called minting pause, which is a functionality that for less engaged users who are starting to forget that physical activity has value, we will be stopping minting sweat to them in order to create loss aversion and bring them back into the community and back into engagement. What it does, it helps us to have more people engaged, but it also helps us to control supply because those people that are less engaged and are not becoming more active, they will be earning sweat coins, which is centralized currency instead of sweat, which is what happened, you know, uh, used to be happening before before launch of sweat. So this is on a supply side. And on the demand side, there is even more work that is going on. So we already have grow jars and more than 30% of all liquid tokens are in grow jars already. So 
staking product works and the yield that we're paying on that staking product is paid out of our revenues, not out of additional emissions. So and we consider it token sync or sort of token removal from the market because, of course, these tokens are not hitting exchanges, right? Now, going further and looking at other functionality, we do have rewards that are done through price draws that are linked to you staking. And these are extremely popular. And we had, you know, kind of recent price draw that we had, which was for uh, Sweat Wanderer. So um, your ability to win once in a lifetime uh, gift, um, you know, to visit seven wonders of the world. Um, it's a holiday with the price of twenty-four, twenty-five thousand $25,000. Uh, we had quarter of a million people participating, which is pretty incredible. And every participant is paying or to opt in a tiny little amount, 0.1 sweat, and it's negligible. However, if you start looking at these massive user bases, you starting, you know, these things start to adapt. And we are effectively extracting through fees, um, uh, in transfers, opt-ins, etc., a significant amount of tokens. The additional functionality that we're working on right now that is extremely exciting um, is Sweat Hero. This is a NFT game where you can compete with other people in, um, in Sweat Wallet for uh, battle coins. Basically, it's Sweat. It's just, you know, kind of fractionalized uh, Sweat. And this is going to be token sync as well. So... You will battle with somebody else. You will take the lion's share of the wins, but there is a small percentage that will go into a treasury. If you look at our supply and demand, in the last seven months, we have nearly closed the gap. And by the end of this year, we are going to start having a deflationary token economy. And this is simply token emissions or sweat emissions versus sweat token sinks that we control and excludes revenues that is running in high hundreds of thousands already uh, per month. If you add on top of it our commitment to spend 50% of our profit on token buying, you are looking at a very, very healthy token economics. We will be publishing within the next few weeks our kind of more analysis and more data on this. The team is just sort of putting, you know, kind of final uh, polish on the model and making sure that, you know, can we run it for two to three months and we see, um, you know, kind of that it's all working and we're not missing um, kind of single piece. But basically, supply and demand this year is already going to become deflationary. And this is short-term exciting stuff. Long-term, as I mentioned, the key driver of uh, token utility and token value is a simple fact that it is your physical activity tokenized. But it doesn't end there. If you look at millions, tens of millions, and hopefully hundreds of millions of users that we are going to get 
with our imminent launch into the US that is happening in September and a bunch of other countries. We are looking at a um, huge user base that we will decentralize and that will enable two incredibly big, um, not tokens, but um, additional utilities that will drive demand for sweat. The first one is monetization of data. And don't worry, I'm not talking about, you know, kind of us selling data. We've never done that. We don't do it. We will never do it. But what we want to offer to our DAO in the future is a data union. And if you choose, proactively choose to do so, you will be able to expose your data for analytics. And it is incredibly interesting data. And we know that it is interesting because when COVID hit, for example, and Spain introduced their um, lockdown, we saw that within 48 hours, country, the whole country lost 85% of it all physical activity. If you think about it, you can calculate it precisely. You can calculate how much fat people will put on over a period of time. You can calculate the impact on healthcare costs. You can calculate you know, implications of it. It's extremely valuable and extremely interesting information. We know that there is huge demand on it. We're getting constantly approached by different entities asking us to sell it. As I said, we are a European company. We're under GDPR. And philosophically, we believe that this data is belonging to our users, not for us to monetize. Decentralization will enable monetization for you directly with data analytics. And DAO, all aggregate token holders, will be taking a small percentage of it. The other um, huge demand driver is the fact that we already have a number of other health and fitness businesses asking us if they can work with us and reward their users with sweat. The way we view it is in the future, the DAO and token holders will be able to approve alternative oracles that will be able to track your swimming, your high-intensity training, your other sport that you're doing, verify it, and if it is genuine, then it will give guidance to our smart contract, the SWEAT or token.SWEAT uh, contract on NIR to issue you SWEAT. In order for you to become an oracle, though, you're going to have to stake a lot of SWEAT to make sure that there is a you know, guarantee of no nefarious behavior. So data analytics and data availability governed by each individual user making that decision and alternative movement validators are two huge user cases that not just us, but the whole ecosystem and a lot of investors that we're discussing this with are extremely excited about. Wow, a lot to unpack there. You guys have been seriously busy. <laughs> um, I love the deflationary aspects. The mint pause that you mentioned sounds really good. You're incentivizing people. Um, and also the kind of development of including other sports as well. That sounds really, really cool. I think there'll be a lot of people that are interested in that. Um, you have just given me a little bit of a, de of a development, but I wanted to probe a little bit deeper and ask you about some kind of key milestones or upcoming developments. 
um, that you think people will be really, really excited about? Oh, yeah, you know, can I, I, I'm really, really excited about Sweat Hero. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's been incredibly uh, big project and very, very difficult one, but we already have 6,000 people who are participating in data. But by the end of June, I am assured by our product team that we will be able to roll out Sweat Heroes to 100% of our Sweat Wallet users. And this is basically everyone is going to be able to get an NFT and play with other Sweat Wallet users to effectively win Sweat and move your uh, NFT levels up and up and up. And next step after that, that I am, you know, kind of, this is probably the most exciting development in Sweat Hero that, you know, kind of, uh, I can think of, is the fact that these NFTs are going to become dynamic and they will start changing their appearance and their characteristics on the basis of your physical activity on the basis of your in-app engagement and on the basis of your on-chain activity. So, you know, uh, let me try to give you an illustration. I mean, you, some of you have seen legs, right? I don't know, maybe on our Twitter. It's really, really cool uh, sort of looking NFT. If you walk as much as lady, you're going to have like, you know, really, really sort of strong and muscly legs. If you walk as little as I am doing today, then you're going to have spaghetti legs. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can imagine, being dynamic, what will this create is huge variety of different NFTs because combination of these factors and colors, etc., is going to turn each NFT into unique representation of you and is going to turn them into collectibles. So despite us not approaching NFTs in sort of step and fashion where you need to buy an NFT in order to, you know, kind of get a ticket into the game. Everyone gets an NFT, but we give you an opportunity to personalize, to turn it into your representation of digital state uh, space. And what we expect is that some of them are going to be really, really interesting and unique and very different from everybody else's. And I suspect that those are become collectibles and going to be seriously thought after. So that's the first strand. The other very interesting strand of functionality that we are very, very close to releasing is token swap or trading directly inside our app. So right now, for example, if you have your balance, then you would need to transfer uh, our um, sort of your tokens into centralized exchange or into, you know, go and directly connect your wallet into a DEX. We're effectively building a DEX into our interface. And for those that are familiar with user experiences of DEXs, you know, kind of, um, uh, you, you know, you'd realize uh, what I'm talking about. We're talking about sort of revolutionary and very, very different view of what trading and swapping functionality is. You know, right now, when you go into DEX, you go in and you choose what token you want to dump. And then you choose how many other tokens you can get in exchange for those that you want to dump. 
that is very similar to you walking into 7-Eleven or into some corner store and at the door shouting, I've got $11.37. What can I get for them? Who does that? Nobody shops like that. Nobody spends money like that. What you do is you walk into a shop and you go with two milks and the bread. And that is exactly what we're doing. So you will choose what you want to get, what token you want to get, and then you'll choose how you want to pay it. If you want to swap token that you already have, great. But if you, for example, don't have enough, you can top up using another token or you can potentially pull out a card and pay the difference uh, uh, with a card. So we really want you to have an intuitive and simple kind of trading experience that everyone can relate to as opposed to go down the path of UX that exists right now among DEXs, but is actually not geared for an average individual coming into uh, this space. Awesome. So a couple of things going on there. Both of them sound really great. I think the uh, what you were talking about with the NFT so, NFTs sounds really, really cool. I'm actually really interested to uh, to have a look at that. Um, I mean, come on, nobody wants an NFT with spaghetti legs, right? So make sure you get your steps <laughs> in. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I want to just move on now to something that has been a big talking point for the crypto and, and Web3 space recently. So, and that's regulation. Um, so unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know it's a bit all over the place at the moment. There's regulation pretty much, I would say, inevitably coming into crypto. In some parts of the world, we don't know what, we don't know when, but in my opinion, I do think that it's coming. So I want to ask you, you know, is regulation on your radar? Have you considered how new regulations could impact the project and especially with your fiat on-ramp that you've got scheduled um i think it's for this quarter if i'm right because these these on-ramps do seem to be a big target yeah no it's it's an extremely important topic we already have fiat on-ramp um in the app and we're using moonpay and there was quite a lot of toing and throwing and you know it works if you build your own i think that you're probably going to have a lot of questions asked but moonpay is regulated and you know kind of works across geographies including the united states so i think that it is extremely important to sort of take a pause and always think you know kind of how can you do it in the most compliant way but i would say that given that regulation is extremely unclear and is constantly shifting, the way we think about it is, so what is the spirit of regulation? What is it trying to accomplish? And the spirit of regulation and what it tries to accomplish invariably in all geographies is to protect users from losing their investments because project has nefarious goals does not disclose information and, you know, just behaves um, in a kind of in a way that, you know, frankly, quite often that would be described as just, you know, projects do not behave like we humans want others to behave towards us. Right. 
And these are the principles that we're using. So, for example, uh, when you know we decided to go into the U.S. because we know that we, as a project, are not going to cause harm to our users. In fact, in the U.S., we definitely needed, and our community is really shaking my tree every day. You know, asking when are you coming? Because we're making the world more physically active. We're making people move more. And like, you know, let's face it, US is not the uh, kind of thinnest and the fittest country in the world. And actually bringing us in is going to make people move more and be fitter and healthier. We are issuing token in exchange for your physical activity. So, you know, it's highly unlikely that there is going to be a you know, kind of financial damage caused to, uh, to our users. And the last thing that is extremely important is we're taking this upon ourselves to have an excessive and extremely detailed disclosures and explanations so that absolutely everyone understands how things are working. For example, you know, we know that Kraken in the U.S., the biggest problem was and the biggest issue was that, you know, it was very opaque. How did it work? How the tokens were used? How were the yields paid, etc.? This is something that we're definitely addressing. And in our world, we're not using these tokens to, you know, kind of pass the ownership onto uh, another party. And the yield is paid out of our revenues. This is just one of the examples that we will have in place to make sure that even if regulators are looking at us, they can understand that with our mission of making the world more physically active, it's, you know, kind of, it, it is going to be very, very, well, I'm just going to sort of wonder if they would select us with our attitude and with our history as the project that they would definitely be digging and investigating when we have an incredible number of other things going on where clearly attention is needed. In conclusion, on regulation, what I would say is that based on what I see right now and the nature of our token and token economics, I would say that we are closer to being a commodity than anything else. Because physical activity, it is effectively tokenized physical activity. And physical activity being valuable and now exchangeable in the shape of sweat it is more akin to electricity and sort of other commodities than anything else that I can think of. I think the thing is there's, there's so much uncertainty around it, isn't there? And, and until there are regulations that are put in place in, you know, America and, and, and wherever, you know, we're, we're, we're very much in this difficult position of speculating and, and projects are kind of, in a position where you have to do your best, you have to try and find out the information that you need to know. And I think for me personally, the important thing is here that, that projects are aware of it. And it sounds like you guys are, and it sounds like you are doing your utmost to comply with, with you know, the information that you have. And, and that is, at the end of the day, it's all you can do. Absolutely. But it's also our history. I mean, we're eight years um, already um, since we were conceived. We already have hundreds of millions of users or more than 100 million users. We're taking these things incredibly seriously. And the most important thing that we understand is 
the attitude of our community and the participation of our community is the crux of success. So making our users happy and doing right by them, which is exactly the spirit of all the regulation, is very much inherently in us. You know, this it, our interests here with regulators are extremely aligned. Well, that's great to hear, and I'm sure your users will be really, uh, really happy to hear that as well. So, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on then from regulation. So, I, I want to talk to you about some of your partnerships and, and collaborations that you've got ongoing at the minute. So, can you tell me about some of the most exciting ones that you've established, and are there any in the pipeline that you're able to share with us? Brilliant question. And here it is quite um, interesting because, as you know, we do have two businesses. So Sweatcoin is Web2. It's uh, sort of centralized and it's health and fitness. Um, and here we have an incredible number of very, very exciting um, uh, partnerships. The most exciting for me personally, is the National Health Service in the UK. Because, you know, it took us a number of years and it took medical grade research with the University of Warwick, proving that we're making people 20% more active and a lot of tests to result in NHS basically signing contract with us. I think that, you know, lady, you know, you'd probably be able to confirm that, you know, kind of having contract with NHS is a very, very serious sort of badge of honor in the UK. And it takes a very long time for them to, you know, kind of to confirm this relationship. And they're also the biggest employee in the world, you know, so, you know, kind of it's, you know, it's an incredible organization. A lot of people throw stones at it, but you know, kind of reality is they're doing absolutely tremendous and amazing work, keeping healthcare absolutely free in the UK. Um, the other uh, partnerships um, are brands, and we have been running very, very exciting uh, programs uh, with Amazon. Um, of those uh, people that you know have been using Sweatcoin, I'm sure that you've seen. We've been uh, uh, partnering with Amazon on Audible uh, for quite uh, for quite a while. The um, other brand that we've been uh, recently partnering with is Puma and Adidas. The uh, most exciting partnership that uh, um, you know is coming is going to be. I'm not going to give you a brand yet. This is you know kind of going to be revealed as a separate thing but it is in the music space and it is going to be linked to uh, Sweat Hero. So, you know, kind of some new, very, very exciting partnership announcements uh, will be coming in a few weeks' time. Oh, you're leaving us on the hook there. We're going to just have to, we're just going to have to <laughs> keep an eye on your socials to find out, are we? You're teasing us. Um, just yeah. follow us on Twitter. <laughs> there you go, guys. If you want to find out, if you need to know, there you go. Follow him on Twitter. Um, yeah, the the NHS stuff is is pretty awesome, to be honest. Um, I think it's a a very kind of 
um, common opinion for people in the UK of, you know, the NHS is incredibly important. Um, and I really liked what you guys have done uh, with regards to the type 2 diabetes stuff. It's it's incredibly common. Um, I know quite a few people that have diabetes. There's people in my family with diabetes. And, you know, personally for me and, and their situation, if, if they'd have just become active that little bit sooner, then it's, you know, it could have been avoided. Um, so, yeah, I think what you guys did there is 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 great. Um, it's really cool to hear about your um, sports brand partnerships as well. And as I've said, we'll just have to stay tuned to find out about the partnership with Sweat Hero. Mm-hmm. So I want to move on then to ask you about, well, to try and get a little bit of advice from you, really. So what, what kind of advice would you give to founders that are building in the crypto space right now? I mean, you know, you'll have gone through some ups and some downs in, you know, the progress of, of building sweat economy. Everybody does. So what do you think were the, the kind of biggest barriers for you? How did you overcome them? And is there anything that you would do differently if you had your time again? <laughs> we could we could spend easily an hour just on that question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been a very very interesting and rough ride. I was just meeting with someone uh, earlier today, and I said, "Look, I absolutely love my job right now, and I'm having incredible amount of fun because it is absolutely not clear what's right and what's wrong, and it you know, can we are creating playbooks." And we're testing so much and we're learning so many new things that nobody before us have sort of thought about or have done. So we're, we're literally creating a new industry, the whole new economy. And, you know, kind of this, 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 this is so, so exciting. My advice to anyone who is building Web3, who is thinking about sort of building product, um, is don't treat it terribly differently than if you were building any other product. Always start with a problem that you are solving. Don't go into something to make money. The money has to be a byproduct of you building something that solves genuine problem of your users. Then you will have sustainable business and then you will have sustainable revenue stream. If you go to make money, it is extremely difficult to end up in a desperate place. And even if you have best intentions, that you can end up doing, you know, kind of stupid stuff and doing rug pull just because you're not there to solve a problem, but you're there to fill your pocket with money. And that just creates so much conflict in people's heads. And so many issues come from the fact that people were there not for genuine reason to solve a problem and build a product that people love, but because they were just chasing cash. So advice one, problem. The second advice that I would make is if you really genuinely want to move Web3 forward, focus on the mass market. We have plenty and enough of products focusing on whales giving another, I don't know, sort of yield-generating product is going to simply take whale and their liquidity from product that gives a little bit less onto your product until somebody else introduces another one. So it's a zero-sum game 
and you know it basically is not increasing the amount of liquidity or number of users in web3 if you really really want to create something new i would really work at defi space and defi space for people that have really low balances like you know can what can we do in defi for the continent of africa if people have a balance of $5 what are those defi products that is extremely exciting not a you know the yield farm for minimum of 1000 eth because there are very very few people like that in the world and they are already you know playing the game how can you create something that will make millions of new users coming in you know i'm not saying you know kind of go and compete with us but to be honest if you feel like it's you know you have an idea god you know more the merrier i would love to have you know kind of more projects doing intelligent stuff in move to earn just don't do the uh, ponzi the last advice that i would give is around your sort of rollout plans and uh, kind of launches. Um, and it's very, very detailed. And, you know, those that, would, you know, kind of want to delve into it, you're more than welcome to DM me. Uh, one of the learnings that we made is if you're launching a token, you're going to need to have market makers, so liquidity providers that will facilitate trading on those platforms where your token will be. Make sure that if you engage them, don't go down the options, um, um, like a loan, uh, loan option, I think. Uh, sorry, the, uh, the exact term um, kind of um, uh, escapes me right now. Always go for the retainer and provide liquidity because um, if you are giving a significant number of tokens to the market maker, the only way they can serve you is by basically selling down huge number of your tokens that is just creating significant sell pressure on your token in early days. So just bear that in mind and hopefully that will kind of make your project more successful in the long run. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Oleg. So if you are building in the space, there may be some advice in there that applies to you and you think, oh, great. What a brilliant idea. So I think it's really important to take on advice from somebody who has, you know, been in the space, had the experience. So there you go. If you are building in the space, there it is. So we are coming to the end of the spaces. I just want to ask you, Oleg, is there anything else that you want to add before we finish? Yes, I think I would like to share something very long term that uh, you know, kind of, I am personally very excited about, and uh, the, you know, the, we were talking about value of physical activity and what we're doing, positioning sweat as the unit of value of physical activity. But in simple terms, what we're trying to do, we're trying to create movement economy. Think of it as an attention economy. You know, we all know advertising. We all know it's a huge industry, but. 200 years ago, it didn't exist. Now, the size of attention economy is $7 trillion. If you think movement economy or physical activity economy is bigger than that, the amount of value in health and fitness and prolonging your life is way beyond $7 trillion. 
And by creating sweat and positioning it as a unit of value, we will enable economic exchanges and use cases that will become the backbone of this movement economy that is slowly but surely emerges. So I'll just leave you with that thought. That's great. Thank you. I completely agree. You can't put a value on health and fitness. There are many things in this world that you can buy. If you have infinite money, if you're super rich, whatever, but you cannot buy your health. So I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Oleg. It was really great to meet you and learn more about the sweat economy, its developments and what you have upcoming. Would you be able to share your socials, please, so those listening can keep up to date with what you're doing? Absolutely. I think the best place is Twitter. It's Oleg underscore Fem, F-E-M, or Sweat Economy. I am very frequently on this account. And, um, you know, kind of if you tag us here, it will get to me. Um, the other one would be Discord. Uh, come to our Discord server. Uh, it's, um, you know, discord.gg forward slash Sweat Economy. That's where we publish all the updates and we have a lot of community mods uh, in position to kind of answer all of your questions. I also pop in there very, very regularly. You can ask a question uh, there if, uh, if you prefer. Perfect. And thank you very much to everyone for listening. I'm Lady of Crypto. And finally, a final thank you to Nir for hosting the spaces on their channel. I'm going to hand you back over to Marcus. Thank, thank you very much, Lady. Thank you both. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you, Lady. Really appreciate it. It's been a very insightful spaces. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to uh, provide some great information to the audience. Uh, and until next time, hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Fantastic. TGIF, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.